If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Psalm 59. Psalm 59. And as you know, we are in a year-long series on the best of Psalms. So thank God we made that out of Psalms 1. I know some of you were wondering, my goodness, how long does it take to preach on Psalm 1? Well, we're, we're out of Psalm 1, and now we're moving on to Psalm 59. And what we're doing every Sunday is we're taking the best of Psalms, and we're going to discover God's character and who he is, and it's going to be a wonderful series and, and time of uh, ministry in the Word. If you're with me this morning, let me hear a big amen. amen. So let me ask you a question as we start off here today. What is the worst event that has happened to you so far? What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? What is the, the most devastating news that you've ever heard? What is the most painful experience that you've ever had to walk through? Now, for some of you, I mean, as soon as I said that, immediately something came to your mind. It could have been a divorce. It could have been a, a bankruptcy. It could have been a, a sickness. What is the worst thing that's ever happened to you? And whatever it is, today we're going to talk about how to deal with hardship and trouble. In Psalm 59, we're going to read that in just a few moments, David is in trouble. Saul is out to kill him. And Saul has sent his armies to attack David. And David gets a pen out, and I'm glad he did. And he writes to us some verses that I think are going to help us to deal with trouble or hardship. It's a crazy story. If you, if you ever have time, you want to find a little bit more about this. This, this is really taken from some 1 Samuel chapter 19. David is at home. His wife, Michal, gets a text message. And the message is, Saul is sending his armies to come kill you, David. David, you better get out of here. You better run. And so watch this. Mikael, the, the brilliant woman that she was, she, she, put a, she put a dummy in the bed. Bible says, it's true, Bible says she took goat hair and put it on top of the dummy and put a sheet over it. And so when, David, so when Saul's army came to show up to his bedroom, she pointed at the bed and said, David is ill. You can't kill him right now. Crazy. And she lowered him from a window, and David ran for his life. Maybe you're here today, and maybe the worst thing's ever happened to you is you had to run for your life. I don't know. But David is in serious trouble. And I'm glad he took the time to write Psalm 59 because it's going to help you. It's going to help me in dealing with trouble. What are the lessons that we can learn from heartache. Are you with me? Let me hear an amen. Let's, we're just going to read verse, uh, first four or five verses of Psalm 59. Here it is. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Protect 
me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the evildoers and save me from the bloodthirsty men. See how they wait for me? Fierce men conspire against me. For no offense or sin of mine, O Lord, I have done no wrong, yet they are ready to attack me. Arise and help me and look on my plight. O Lord God Almighty, the Lord of Israel, rouse yourself to punish all the nations and show no mercy to the wicked traitors. And then there's this little word that's called selah, S-E-L-A-H. It means take a break. (laughs) After this, you and I need to take a break. Bloodthirsty men are attacking David. He's in trouble. And he's calling on God in the time of trouble to save him and to rescue him. Now, in America, like, we have trouble, but it's not really as drastic as what David's going through. I mean, think about it. You know, our ice maker breaks. You get a flat tire. The dog, you know, comes down with arthritis. Your child gets a C in math. Or, you know, your, your football team loses. It's not, and I'm not belittling if your dog has arthritis. I, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I guess my point is, like, t- trouble is really relative, isn't it? I mean, my ice maker breaking, it's really not Trouble. But we do go through trouble. People die from cancer. That's trouble. People lose their job. That's trouble. People filing for bankruptcy. That's trouble. People getting stabbed in the back. That's trouble. And when you are in trouble, like David, we're going to learn that we can run to God and God can help us in our day of trouble. I don't know what your trouble is today. Chances are every single one of you have got something going on. Something's keeping you up at night. Something is on your mind 24 hours a day. And whatever it is, you are in trouble. And David says, take a break. Selah. Pause for just a moment. Because when you are in trouble, it is a beautiful opportunity for you and I to learn from that trouble. And chances are that if you've been in trouble before, you're going to be in trouble again. And God is faithful in the midst of trouble. He is going to see us through it. And so I picked the best of Psalms, Psalm 59, because David was in trouble, and I've been in trouble, and you've been in trouble. And we can learn from trouble. We can learn from heartache. Now, uh, here's point number one. It's in your notes. Fill in the blanks. It's going to be on your screen. Here's just some thoughts I have about trouble. Number one, trouble must be defined. Trouble must be defined. I've got, a, I've got a lot of words for trouble, and the Bible is filled with them. There are hundreds and hundreds of words to describe trouble. 
I wrote a few of them down. I've given you some blanks in your notes so you can follow along too and you can put in trouble, sorrow, heartache, opposition, adversity, difficulty, misery, heartache, persecution, offenses, suffering, distress, trials, tribulations. However you describe it, we all find ourselves sometimes in trouble. Can I get an amen? I mean, you're, you're in a pickle. Your back's against the wall. You're down a creek without a paddle. You are in hot water. You're in dire straits. You're in a crunch. You're in an uphill battle. However you want to define it, trouble is all around us. And the first thing we've got to do if we're going to learn from trouble is we've got to define trouble. One of the definitions of trouble is to disturb. Everyone say disturb. To disturb the calm and the contented. God, things are going good right now. God, I don't need trouble. I'm calm. I'm contented. Things are going great. But suddenly trouble has a way of finding all of us, doesn't it? And the best way if you're going to learn from trouble is you've got to define what trouble is. I love what Mary Batterson says. Solutions to problems often depend on how they are defined. Steve Jobs says this. If you define the problem correctly, you will almost always have the solution. What is your dilemma today? What is your hardship today? What is your opposition today? What is the offense that you are dealing with? And whatever it is, you've got to define what it is. God, I am heartbroken. God, I am fearful. God, I am afraid. God, I am angry. You've got to define what your trouble is. And when you do, then you're one step closer to getting through that trouble and seeing God's faithfulness. Can I hear a big amen? I love Psalm 34, verse 6. It's there in your notes. This poor man cried. Oh, I love that. How many has ever been poor? This poor man cried and called to the Lord. And watch this. And the Lord, watch this. The Lord heard him. And he saved him out of all of his troubles. Let me ask you a question this morning. I want to build faith in people today. If you are here today and you can honestly say that this scripture, Psalm 34, 6, is true, that there was a time in your life when you were up a creek and you were in a tough situation, but you saw God's faithfulness in your heartache and your trouble and your trials and tribulation, and you saw God remain faithful. Can I see your hand just for a moment, just across this auditorium? Keep them up. In the balcony, on the lower level, look around just for a moment. Look and keep, keep your hands up, but look around and just see. Almost every hand is lifted here today. What does that tell you? That tells you that when you are faced with trouble, and you define what your trouble is, that when you cry out to God, He's going to hear you, and he's going to save you from all your troubles. Can I get an amen? And we learn from trouble, first of all, when we can define what trouble is. Point number two, if you're still with me. Point number two, I love this one. Trouble must be not only defined, but trouble must be accepted. What do I mean by that? Ladies and gentlemen, you are not going to escape trouble in this life. 
So I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here today. I'm trying to help you. And I know you're depressed right now, so I'm going to try to help you out of that. Watch this. You've got to accept that life is full of trouble. And even believers, even Christians are going to go through difficult times. Look in your Bible. Look in Luke. It's there in your notes. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Watch this. It is impossible. Everyone say impossible. It is impossible, but offenses will arise. There's somebody here today. You are offended. Someone has hurt your feelings. Someone has said something about you. There has been a, an offense that has happened in your life. And Jesus said, it is impossible because you're dealing with people and people cause trouble. And when you're, if you're living, you're going to be faced with trouble. Just accept it. But there's some people here today, you are trying to avoid trouble. You can't avoid it. You can't run from it. You've got to accept it, and you've got to say, God, in the midst of this trouble, help me to look to you to be my source of strength and peace. And when offenses come, when heartache comes, when hardships come, God, help me to deal with it properly and deal with it with the character that you want me to have. And when you do that, you're halfway through your battle. Jesus said, it is impossible, but offenses are going to come. That word there, offense, is an interesting word. The word actually means a snare or trap. See, there are traps that are laid out for you and me. And the actual definition is a trap that is set to cause you to stumble. And in this life, how many know that there are going to be people that are going to say things about you, there are going to be people that, that, that do harmful things to you, and what it, it really is is it's a trap, and it's meant to cause you to stumble. But Jesus said, don't be shocked, don't, don't be dismayed that there's going to be offenses in your life, just look to me to be your strength, and I will help you in every situation. But there are traps that have been set out for you and me. The cause, they're called stumbling blocks. And if you're not careful, you'll allow them to cause you to stumble and fall. And God doesn't want that. God wants you to be victorious in all things. Can I get an amen? So number one, trouble must be defined. Number two, trouble must be accepted. I love what Martin Luther King says. Look in your notes there. We must accept finite disappointment but never lose infinite hope. I love that quote. In fact, you remember back when we were going through a very, very, very painful, difficult time with Austin. This was quoted that, uh, uh, in an Orlando Sentinel news article that, that, that our family was, was featured in. And I used this quote, and someone caught that quote, and they painted this very sign. And this sign right here of Martin Luther King is in our laundry room as a reminder. that Hardship's going to come. Trouble's going to come. Sorrows are going to come, but we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus, and he's going to get us through our trouble because he is our source of strength and peace in every situation. Can I get an amen? And that's really true. Trouble must be accepted. Number three, very quickly, I love this one. Trouble must be faced. You can't run from it. You can't avoid it. You can't repress it. You can't ignore it. 
James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face what? Trials of many kinds. Knowing that your perseverance is being tested. Let your perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Trouble must be faced. What is the one thing you're running from right now? What is the one thing that you are ignoring right now? What is the one thing that you are trying to avoid? You can't avoid it. Face your troubles. And when you face your troubles, you're going to have tremendous success. Look what John Maxwell says. He says, facing difficulties is inevitable. Learning from them is optional. You know what? There is nothing worse than going through trouble and not learning from it. What a shame. You know what happens? That means that you get to run around the mountain again. How many like running? (laughs) Nobody. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I've never seen a jogger smile. That's why I don't jog. But sometimes we run around the mountain one, two, three times because we didn't learn from our heartache. And we make the same mistake again and again and again. It's time to stop running around the mountain and face it and deal with it and say, God, I can't avoid this heartache. I can't avoid this sorrow. I can't avoid this this difficulty and this trial. Help me to learn from this so I can be better. And when you do that, God will help you. Number four. Trouble must be endured. Everyone say endured. I got this quote from Austin. Austin's reading a book right now, and he came in the other day. And by the way, I am delighted to see God just move in his life and his spirit. He's alive. His spirit is alive. He was reading a book, and he came in and said, Dad, I like this. You need to use this sometime. So, Austin, I'm, I'm using it for you. Good job, son. He says, what cannot be cured must be endured. What cannot be cured must be endured. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And guess what he did, church? He pleaded three times, God, take this away from me. God, remove this. God, I don't like it. Some people say it was a physical issue. Some people say it was a spiritual, demonic attack. The Bible doesn't say what it was, but Paul cried, please remove this from me, Lord. I don't like it. And what did God say to him? My grace, are you all with me today? My grace is sufficient for you. There's going to be some heartache that God is not going to remove from your life. But he will back it up with his grace to be sufficient for you. How easy it would be for all of our troubles, all of our heartaches, to be magically removed. Well, guess what, church? That doesn't happen. That's not reality. And when you are faced with something that can't be cured, the solution is to endure. Trouble sometimes must be endured. Look in Matthew chapter 28. You all know the story. And and by the way, I know this is crazy. We just finished with Christmas, but I'm already preparing for Easter. And this is the Easter scripture. Watch this. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. I've been there many times. I've I've taken some of you to this very, very place. Beautiful olive trees in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I can just imagine that he he was hanging on to one of those trees. And he cried out three times, God, 
I don't like this. God, this doesn't feel good. Here's one. God, this isn't fair. I've heard my kids say that a million times. You have too. And I think we all say the same thing. Dad, this isn't fair. And what is our response? Life isn't fair. Jesus cried out in the Garden of Gethsemane three times. God, I don't like this. God, this is not biblical. God, this is not fun. This is not fair. I don't like it. Take it away from me. That word there, Gethsemane, watch this. That word there, Gethsemane, it means olive press. Watch this. It's when your will and God's will presses in. Pressure. Stress. Anxiety. And it's out of that olive fruit that when it is pressed, it produces what? Oil. Symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Could it be? That God is allowing you to walk through something that you have to endure because it won't be cured. But out of that pressure, out of that pressing, out of that pain and agony where you cry out and say, God, I can't take it another day. I don't like this. This is not good. This is not fair. Out of that pressing comes the oil of the Holy Spirit that speaks of freedom and liberty and healing that can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. What cannot be cured must be endured. And you know the Bible says that he who endures to the end. There's going to be some of you, me included, that are just going to have to endure to the end. But God will always say to us, my grace is sufficient for you. I hope you're getting this today. I'm hesitating just for a second because I'm just, I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit just to let it penetrate. I want to give you one more point. Bruce, if you'll come up to the keyboard, and let me just. Number five is our last one. Trouble must be defined. Trouble must be accepted. Trouble must be faced. Trouble must be endured. And then here's number six. This is powerful. Trouble must be managed. Now, here's my question to you today. Are you in charge of managing your trouble or is God? See, because watch this. If you're in charge of managing your heartache, your sorrow, your trials, your tribulations, your opposition, your offenses, then, then, then we're all in a heap of trouble. But if we ultimately believe that God is in charge of every detail of our life, we got to believe that God, watch this, is managing the very things that are happening to you for his glory. Powerful truth. Look at this quote by Alan Redpath. 
There is nothing, no circumstance, no trouble, no testing that can ever touch me. First of all, it has gone past God, past Christ, right through me. And if it has come that far, it has come with great purpose. Wow. Let me illustrate this. Uh, David and John, you guys come up here real quick. Could I have, um, could I have a sh piece of paper? Someone have a piece of paper that I could borrow? Not my notes. Not all. Piece, of, piece of paper. David, come up here quickly. Thank you. All right. Uh, John, you come over here. You're going to be God because you're bigger. And you're going to be Christ. T uh, Tom, come please. Here's Tom. Trouble Tom. I'm always thinking, Tom. Heartache, grief, opposition, trials, testing, call it whatever it is. Tom's going through it. Now watch this. Either Tom is managing his life and his details, or he's come to a place where he's resting and trusting that God is in charge of every single detail of his life. Now watch this. Here's trouble. Here it is. Watch this. Trouble if you are a believer has to go through God and it has to go through Christ before it can get to you. Hmm. I'm not saying God is the author of trouble. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. But God will allow. God will touch trouble just to let you know that he's engaged and he's aware and he's involved. So watch this. Trouble. God touches it. He passes that trouble through Christ, and then from Christ, it comes to you. I'm telling you, this powerful illustration of what God can do if we will allow him to manage it. Tom, I know you don't like this. I know this is painful. I know this is hard. My grace is sufficient. I'm never going to leave you. I want you to know that my touch is on this situation and my touch is on you and the forces of heaven through Christ, through God, is to you to give you the ability to face this with character. You're going to make it. You're not alone. I'm never going to leave you. I'm with you today. And I want you to know, I've touched this situation, and I'm touching you, and I'm going to be with you the whole time. Now watch this. 
what does that do to Tom? He's like, yeah, I'm not alone. I'm not cursed. There's nothing wrong with me. This is just a part of life. But because I'm a believer, watch this. God is managing this situation. God is in charge of this situation. He has touched every trouble that visits you. And if God touches it and it's through Christ Jesus, it has come with great purpose. Tom, you're going to be better because of this. I know it doesn't feel like it now, but you are going to be better because of this. And this is what happens. You either turn on this situation or it turns on you. You either become better or bitter. And my question to you today is, are you going to allow the God of the universe to manage your sorrow, your heartache, your opposition, and are you going to allow God to touch your trouble and touch you to give you the strength you need to go forward? And I don't know about you, but if I know that God has touched and God is involved and God is engaged in every difficult thing that I'm faced with, I walk with my head high. I walk with my shoulders back. Tom, put your shoulders back. Thank you. Get your head high, Tom. Now, Tom is no longer alone. He's no longer filled with no hope. He's got hope and a purpose and a destiny. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you you go and allow the character of God to be revealed in this hard time because people are watching. Whew. Man. I'm going to close with this because I, I got to drive to Tallahassee tonight. Pray for me. I hate going to Tallahassee. But I got to go. I'm at Shepherd Center in Atlanta. They just flew Austin, private jet from Miami to Atlanta, and I drove from Miami to Atlanta. Worst trip of my life. I got to Atlanta, and the first person that met us in Atlanta was Todd and Karen Stansberry. Todd used to be the athletic director at UCF. We became friends. I forgot all about it. He transferred from UCF to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And the first person that met us in Atlanta was Todd and Karen Stansbury, the athletic director for Georgia Tech University. I was dazed. I was confused. I was tired. I was mad. I was all wrapped up. And in the parking lot of Shepherd Center, Karen Stansberry said to me, she had just faced cancer a few years ago in her own life, so she was speaking from experience. This is what she said to me. She says, Scott George, this is your time to step up. People are watching you. Your family needs you. We're watching you. And you've got God's strength and God's power to get you through this. What was she saying? She was saying that God's hand has touched my heartache, my sorrow, my pain, my grief, 
And if it's come through God, and it's come through Christ, and it's come to me, it has come with great purpose. My grace is sufficient for you. And I'm telling you, church, that was a turning point in my, in my life in facing this situation. I left empowered, strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit, realizing that God has brought this sorrow with great, great purpose. And he says to you today, he says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. So Tom goes now in the power of the Holy Spirit, empowered by Christ to accomplish all that God has for him, knowing that God is managing every detail of his heartache and sorrow. And he goes in faith. Thank you. Guys, you did good. If I were you, I would write that quote, quote down. That's one, probably one of the most powerful quotes I've ever, I've ever read. There is nothing, everyone say nothing. No circumstance, no trouble, no testing that can ever touch me until first it has gone past God and past Christ right through to me. If it has come that far, it has come with great God's in charge, and he's managing every detail of your trouble. Would you stand up across the auditorium? I'm going to pray for you today. Bruce, play, play, play. it is well. It is well with my soul. Lisa, can you come up and help? It is well, it is well with my soul. You know who wrote this? A guy who lost three daughters and a wife in one accident. Oh, by the way, he lost another son after that, and he lost his business. Horatio Spatifer wrote the beautiful hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. If God can get him through trouble and heartache and sorrow and grief and opposition and trials and tribulations, he can do it for you as well. I want you to declare today, whatever trouble you are facing, faced with, it is well with your soul because God is aware, God is alert, God is in tune, and he has brought this into your life with great purpose. That he be glorified. People are watching. People are observing. I want you to stand strong knowing that God's in charge of every detail. And he's with you today.